This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hey everyone, welcome to the Bolts Broadcast. My name is Mike Mitchelson. Joining me today, Chase Crawshaw. Chase, how you doing? Yeah, I'm doing as good as a team or a fan of a team who's in the Stanley Cup Finals, but is down one nothing can be. So I'm happy, but a little, a little sad at the same time. But I mean, in general, I'll say I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I am doing great. And sure, we may be down one nothing, but we are in the Stanley Cup Finals. I've got some fun stats later on in the episode that might make you a little bit happier that we're going to get into. And, uh, you know, just being in the Stanley Cup Finals, it's uh, it's really a joy because, let's be honest, we could have been talking about just bullshit for the last couple of months, but rather yeah. we're talking about games and, uh, you know, we're, we're still in it. We're still in the hunt for the Cup and, gosh, can't get better than that. Um, Chase, how's your week been regarding, you know, all your... Uh, Work stuff, I guess. <laughs> my my work stuff. Uh, I mean, I, I, what do you do during the week? Give me something. Like, well, the, this like last couple of weeks have been a whole lot of nothing. Just waiting for ice rinks to open. But now that ice rinks in Michigan are finally opening, I'm gonna be able to get my uh, gig going with the Canary River Brown Bears. Be able to do a little bit of youth scouting and also uh, possibly maybe some work for another team too. But that is uh, to be seen. That is to be determined. Uh, just waiting to kind of hear a little more back from them. But, I mean, really, during the week, the last couple of weeks, it's just kind of been a whole lot of nothing. It's just been uh, researching stuff for the pod and watching hockey and football. And then a whole lot of Call of Duty with Mike at night. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, just, just vibing, and uh, that's that's great. I've been doing a little bit of schoolwork, of course, being back at school. Uh, I had to go on campus the other day to shoot a video for one of my classes, I saw 10 people in the matter of an hour and a half. Like, campus is dead. It's absolutely insane. But uh, we'll get off of that, start talking a little bit of hockey now. Um, quickly, before we do our, uh, you know, what's coming next on the Bullets broadcast, we're going to shout out our our friend Noah. We believe the last name is Dugas. Uh, he's, been, he's been having a fight a little bit to, you know, do what he loves. And so we want to... Give him a little shout out and let him know that we're here for him. We're supporting him all the way through this fight, and we hope nothing but the best for him and his family. Yeah, anybody that does not know what you're talking about, uh, there's a tweet that has been going around, especially hockey, Twitter, hockey, social media, uh, from a family member of his. So Noah, he is a hockey player. Uh, he had a blood clot in his brain. He lost mobility in his arms and legs. He's currently in rehab. So keep Noah and his family in your thoughts and prayers. Uh, yeah, we're rooting for you, my man. You're going to get better. Absolutely, and we really, really hope that we're going to be able to see you on the ice sometime soon. All right, Chase, coming up next on the Bolts broadcast, we're going to be talking about the Tampa Bay Lightning and how they were able to slip past the New York Islanders, get into that Stanley Cup final. After that, we're going to be talking about the first game of the Stanley Cup final, what happened, what went down, what went wrong, what went right. Then we're going to continue that with talking about some hockey news around the world, whether that be the upcoming season, a trade that may have went down, and a possible captain leaving his team. First, Chase, let's get on to the Tampa news. Um, before we hop into that New York Islanders series, we have some news about Stamkos. Possibly 
going to be ready for this upcoming series. Yeah, so I kind of made the bold take saying that he, like, last episode that he's just done. He's not playing in these playoffs because you've heard no updates. But he's, he's like, actually skating, you know, kind of doing some team drills and participating in team activities. There's a chance he plays in the series, which, like, could – it would be good, don't get me wrong, but who do you pull out for him? Now Now that Tampa's running 11-7 for uh, forward to D, they're going to want to keep it because it's worked so well. Who, who do you pull out for him, and how much do you really play him after not having played in so many months? Uh, man, like, you can't just not put Sam Coast in your lineup, but at the same time, like, he could just throw a wrench in things. I, 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 I don't know. Like, of course, it'd be great to get our captain playing, and we'll see. There's no, still no guarantee that he even does play, but he also has not been ruled out for the series. Yeah, for sure. And if he does come and play, I'm I'm very certain that the guys in the locker room will absolutely love it. And oh yeah, uh, if if he if he's not gonna play, maybe he's just getting his skating legs under him so that when the cup is presented, he can be out there and uh, give possibly knock on wood. Sorry. Uh, possibly give Lord Stanley a little dance on the ice. Um, but Chase, let's now talk about the Eastern Conference Finals. Obviously, we're up 2-1 to one on the New York Islanders in our last recording. Um, on Sunday, we won Game 4, 4-1. to one. On Tuesday, we lost in double overtime, 2-1. to one. That game, we were without Braden Point. That's a tough blow. Uh, and then Thursday, we finished off the series in overtime, 2-1. to one. So what was it that really pushed us ahead of this New York Islanders team and made us move on into that Stanley Cup Finals? I mean, the team just really started clicking offensively. You could tell in the loss that the team just they kind of struggled offensively, but in the games that they ended up winning, I mean, other than really like the game they just kind of squeaked by game one, I believe it was, uh, you know, like the offense just got going. They were finally getting shots on that. They were getting like pucks like in prime scoring chances, which is something that they kind of like they've done really a really good job of that throughout those playoffs, but at times when they have struggled doing that, you've seen how much it hinders their ability to succeed. So that's something that the Tampa really capitalized on, as well as playing really good defensively. I mean, like let's see, the last two games, yeah, there was a total of three goals from the Islanders, and the whole series. Let's see how many goals the Islanders score. The nine goals, if not if I'm not mistaken, which that's you know that's pretty that's a pretty tremendous goal number to keep them at. I know the Islanders are you know they're not like a crazy offensive team but you know at any rate even in the playoffs at this point in the nhl any team it's pretty safe that they're scoring like three goals a game so keep them under that you know it's pretty good absolutely vasilevsky was a huge key in this series and i think that we really just overwhelmed this islanders team we're just much better when you just take a look at shots on goal i know it's not uh the the all telling statistic but we were up 10 maybe even 20 shots every single game. We were uh, absolutely overloading uh, Simeon Varlamov and, of course, Thomas Grice. So, um, you know, this series as a whole, it, it took a little bit longer than our first two. Those games or those series only going to five, this one going to six. But we did have to deal with some injuries, obviously, to Braden Point. That was really tough on us. Um, the two games that Braden Point missed, we lost. So we're lucky to have him back now. We're lucky to get through this series. Um, but really, I think it was just an overload that the New York Islanders couldn't handle, which is understandable because, let's be honest, the Islanders aren't the most talented team in the NHL. Uh, I didn't think they were even going to get to the conference finals, but, hey, good on them. No, absolutely. They're one of the like, less talented teams. They have some talent, don't get me wrong, but it's not used how other teams use their talent. They play the sound defensive game, and 
it worked, which is kind of surprising because it's not really how the NHL is played anymore. But, hey, if it works for you, then I guess you should keep doing it. Absolutely. All right, Chase, let's not talk about us being in the Stanley Cup Finals. It's a big achievement. We haven't been here since, what was it, 2015? And now being back, we are... Oh, oh, quickly, actually, before we move on. Eastern Conference Finals, obviously, we said that it ended on Thursday with a 2-1 to victory in overtime. We saw Steven Stamkos come out on the ice. And yes, we did touch the conference championship. And, uh, you know, we, we should have expected it because in 2015, they didn't touch it and lost. Um, but at the same time, there's... There's always a kind of weird aura around touching the conference championship or not. Yeah, and you know, I, I get it. Like first go around, obviously, you just, it just, it, this whole thing is a silly superstition that hockey players have kind of done for I don't know when exactly it dates back to, but it's you know it's, it's been decades. But first time around, you don't touch it. So second time around, it's kind of a no brainer. Just just touch it, change things up, and. So regardless of whoever wins or loses this one, you know it could prove either point could prove. Oh, if you touch it, you're gonna lose, or touching it doesn't matter. Uh, but we shall see. Absolutely, and Chase, this was one of the fun statistics that I did have lined up. So uh, this started back in 1997 with Philadelphia being the first team to to snub the trophy. And uh, a couple fun facts is that right now trophy snubbers have a 44% success rate in the Stanley Cup Finals, while trophy touchers have a 58% success rate in the Stanley Cup Finals. Also, trophy snubbing teams have only beaten trophy touchers twice in the history of, uh, of, of the whole trophy snubbing thing. And unfortunately, this did happen in 2004... Oh, actually, no, this is very fortunate. Sorry, I'm reading this wrong. Very fortunate because we snubbed, our Tampa Bay Lightning snubbed the trophy and we beat this trophy-touching Calgary Flames. However, like I said, only happened two times uh, while trophy-touching teams have beaten trophy snubbers far more often. Our Tampa Bay Lightning, trophy-touchers, the Dallas Stars, trophy-snubbers. So if we're going to take anything away from this stat, it's, okay, we're down one nothing. Maybe we should be a little more optimistic, though, because if this continues, if this trend continues, then, hey, we could have some success here in the future. So just wanted to bring up that fun fact. Uh, I, I think it's really cool to look at that, actually. They have a lot of information on this website, dailyhive.com, and it's the uh, the title of it is Examining the NHL's Dumb Tradition of Not Touching Trophies by Rob Williams. So uh, a really cool article there. You can see... Uh, Stanley Cup winners since 1997, if they touched it and if they haven't touched it, all that kind of good information. So uh, what I'm getting out of that article, pretty positive. We did touch the Dallas Stars snubbed. So hopefully the trend continues and we can uh, bounce back off of this game one. All right, let's now talk about that game one as the Dallas Stars took out the Tampa Bay Lightning in game one, four to one. That was on Saturday night. And... I think Tampa really realized that, oh boy, we were playing Columbus, we were playing Boston, we were playing the Islanders. Not very fast teams. This Dallas Stars team, they really got some wheels. Yeah, this is one of those uh, rare teams in the West that is truly skill-based, not really kind of boring hockey like you tend to see in the West that we have talked about on the show. This Dallas team, they have a lot of skill. And even like their skill players, like guys like Sagan, like he hasn't even been like that electric in these playoffs. It's 
you know, Jamie Benn has been playing really well. Miro Heiskanen has been their MVP. Anton Kudobin has been a stud in net. And they're getting a lot of depth scoring. And that really showed in this game. Joel Hanley, he scored his first ever NHL goal in the Stanley Cup Finals. So that's pretty good timing for a first career goal. And then on top of that, their other goal scorers were Jamie Oleksiak, Joel Kiviranta, and Jason Dickinson. Those are all just, you know, like, really kind of depth guys at the end of the day. They're all, all kind of lower end guys in the, on the depth chart in your lineup. They're they're not getting the goals from Sagan, from Rupe, Hinchman, Alexander, Radulov. Granted, that, you know, all these guys, they were having chances. They were generating offense, but they're not the ones that put them in the net. And that's something that you see out of cup winning teams. It's something that Tampa, you know, they've done pretty well too. Like we've gotten a lot of help from our depth. Uh, it just didn't really happen in this game. The first two periods were brutal. Some, some of uh, the rougher hockey I've seen Tampa play in quite a while. They just did not really, uh, they, they just weren't prepared really at the end of the day. It could have been, uh, you know, that they didn't have the extra rest that Dallas did. It could have been, they just weren't ready for this opponent. You know, they didn't really see him in the regular season too much. Didn't really know what to expect. I, I don't know, but third period came around. They were better, but you you can't only give an effort in third period. You got to give an effort for sixty minutes if you want to win. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the unfortunate thing is Tampa started to look better at the end of the second with about six seven minutes left in the game. However, once we started to get that little bit of momentum, we let the Dallas Stars score with less than thirty seconds left on the clock. We went into the locker room down three to one. It was it was a tough situation to be in. Uh, we came out outshot them twenty two to two in the third. Absolutely electric. But Chase, I want to talk about uh, two things with the Dallas Stars, and then of course this game too. Um, Jamie Oleksiak, this guy was uh, I don't want to say a bum, but he was kind of a bum. When he was on Dallas originally, then he went over to Pittsburgh, then he got traded back to Dallas. He wasn't great. Right now, through this playoffs, he's got eight points. Pretty phenomenal for him. And he's playing good minutes, a good amount of minutes, too. He's really stepped up, looked like a really good player, and that's exactly what you need when you're a Stanley Cup winning team. It's weird. Even players that aren't expected to do much, aren't expected to be your top-end players, step up somehow it's some weird like magic thing going on um but i just wanted to shout out jamie oleksiak because he had a rough start to his career he's really looking good in this playoffs i then want to talk about the joe hanley goal uh zach bogosian what were you doing dude oh my i i get that Braden point got rubbed off on the end of the boards but you don't got to go confront the other player the dallas player you got to help your goalie first that gave a wide open lane for Joe Hanley, and, and he put home the first goal. So uh, we got to see something better out of Zach Bogosian there. Yeah, I, I thought they're, you know, they're probably going to put a penalty called on that hit. I, I'm all for just letting the guys play, especially in the finals. But, I mean, there probably could have been a penalty on that. R- regardless, whatever, they didn't call a penalty. You guys engage in the play, going there and trying to just you know push around the guy. It's not really going to do anything. Dallas isn't going to fight you in that situation. They have control in the offensive zone. That'd be stupid for them to do that. And sure enough, they score. So, uh, you know, pretty disappointing there. And then on the Alexiak goal as well, like, it ended up being uh, Alexiak. I don't, I'm pretty sure Alexiak took the original shot after a great pass from Radulov, and then he just kind of lost track of the puck. Um, I can't remember who the, the defender was in front of him. It might have been Shattenkirk. Uh, way down to block the shot, missed the block, but at that point was blocking uh, Vassie's view of the puck. So Alexiak was able to just kind of put it around and put it top shelf. It just, it was kind of a scrambling effort defensively. And Vassie, you know, there's a couple saves that he, that he probably could have made. Like he could, he probably could have made the save on the second and third goal. Uh, so 
he, he just got to be a little sharper and then defensively just kind of got to really round out the whole game. Yeah, absolutely. And Chase, I don't think you or I are surprised that we lose game one just because Dallas has had four days off. We've only had one day off. They aren't dealing with injuries where our best producer in this playoffs, Braden Point, he was out two of the last four games, not including, of course, this Dallas game, um, but two out of the last four games in the Eastern Conference Finals, he was out. They're definitely taking notice of that. They were rubbing him out every single time that he had the puck. So I don't think we were really surprised that Dallas took this game one, but I, I think we are confident that we're going to get some games back in this series. Yeah, I agree. And I also want to mention really quick, so there's a debate on, uh, I think I saw it on Instagram, who the real big rig is, Jamie Alexiak or Pat Maroon. Now, Pat Maroon is our, is the real big rig. He, he He's the man. I've honestly never heard Jamie Alexiak called big rig until that argument. So if, if you're trying to say that he's not, that Pat Maroon is not big rig and Alexiak is, you, you can take a lap. Yeah, I've never heard Jamie Oleksiak referred as the big rig ever until you just mentioned it now. So not sure where that debate's coming from. Maybe it's Dallas Stars fans thinking like, oh, we're good now. We didn't choke again and again and again and again. So we can now steal nicknames or something. I don't know. I'm not sure where they're getting it from. Jamie Oleksiak, not the big rig. All right, Chase, let's quickly talk about Tampa and what they have to do in the Stanley Cup Finals if they want to take home the most coveted trophy in all of sports. Well, last series, Dallas, they were outscored by Vegas. So clearly Dallas won, even though they're outscored in the series. So Tampa really needs to heavily outscore Dallas in this series. They need to play stellar offense while playing stellar defense. They need to show more urgency for the full 60. Man, just the effort through the first two periods really was just disappointing. Power play really needs to get rolling. Uh, you're going to get limited chances here in the finals. It seems like it seems like they're going to try to let things go. So when you get those chances, you got to capitalize. If you don't capitalize, you're going to catch yourself struggling in the games. Vassy, he needs to be on you know on point. He needs to be playing at the top of his game. Without Vasilevsky at the top of his game, no matter how good your team is, you're going to struggle. And just the whole team game must be cleaned up in general. Just offensively defensively all aspects of the ice just there's still plenty of room to improve from game one and i've seen way better throughout these playoffs and i know temple they'll play much better in game two like we all know that so we we just gotta hope that they can hold it up all series though i agree and i think one thing that we have to do is avoid frustration we saw a lot of frustration in game one obviously the healthier more rested team is going to come out firing they're going to be putting big hits on, much easier, uh, less fatigue, all that. Uh, We saw a lot of frustration. We saw a lot of scrums towards the end of uh, plays. And we even saw Pat Maroon at the end of the second period uh, shoot a puck or or flip a puck into the Dallas bench. He got a 10 for that. Uh, You don't want to see that. This Dallas team is very aggressive when it comes to their defensemen. Once we get into that zone, they're going to be grinding on us. You know, they're a very aggressive defensive team. So I think that we just need to stay positive, stay doing what we're going to do, and not worry about, you know, getting frustrated and trying to um, maybe fight someone and, like, just stay calm. We're going to get through it. We're going to get it done. If we do that, I think we're going to have a much better chance because, yes, this defense, these defensemen are aggressive. Well, instead of uh, taking the hit and getting frustrated or trying to trying to give a hit back, why not make a, make, a, make a fancy little move? Throw out a deke, 
get around him, put one behind Kudobin. So I think frustration is going to be the big thing that we got to focus on here in this series to make sure we can capture that. But Chase, we now move on from Tampa Bay talk to some NHL talk. But of course, before that, we've got a quick commercial break. For this week's commercial, we have Not Another Leafs podcast. This is, of course, a podcast about the Toronto Maple Leafs, only found on the Hockey Podcast Network. Take a peek. Are you at Kenny Rogers now? Or no, that's your... No, (laughs) no, no, no. It's just my display name. It's still at Ken Stavon, but... Is Rogers your middle name? Sorry, I don't even know. No, you don't know who Kenny Rogers is? The gambler? No. What? I'm I'm a deer in headlights, buddy. My I'm a deer God. in headlights. Anyways, Kenny Rogers, very infamous country singer. And also just what the O-Dog has deemed my nickname. He just keeps calling me Kenny Rogers or referring to me in the third person as the gambler. So O-Dog. He was roasting me the other day on Overdrive on, uh, on Labor Day because I shot him a text message during the show. No way. I have to say something. Kenny Rogers, I know you can hear this right now. Don't ever text me on my personal phone. He just texted me and said, I'm doing updates, guy. <laughs> I love it. Good man, Kenny. He's no, in there Kenny. working. <laughs> but he was roasting me on air, man. I was at work doing the updates, and he was saying that I got the day off, so I had to defend my honor. Not Another Leafs Podcast. New episodes Mondays on the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome back, everyone. If you like that sneak peek at Not Another Leafs podcast, make sure to go check it out at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or anywhere else you get your podcast. All right, Chase, we got some NHL talk now, just in general, um, not, you know, Tampa specific. Um, Quickly, before we get into that news, though, I just want to give a quick shout out to the NHL as a whole and how absolutely phenomenal they have been during this time. We've had 51 days since the the restart of the NHL. Obviously, we got the two bubbles in Edmonton and Toronto. Now it's down to just one bubble in Edmonton. Um, but we've played 113 games since August 1st. That is absolutely incredible. And I, I really want to give a shout out to Gary Batman, the whole team over at the NHL, because they have just done a phenomenal job. Uh, no cases to uh, the best of my awareness, uh, no cases inside of the bubble. So absolute phenomenal job by the NHL. I really wanted to give them a quick shout out. No, absolutely. Very deserving. The way they've done it is pretty impressive. You know, it shines a little light on what could happen with other sports leagues as well. Like the NFL, when it comes time for their postseason, maybe they do a bubble just, you know, just as a precautionary thing. I've seen that before. Maybe the NHL does a mini bubble for the regular season. Uh, like it's, it's obviously worked, and it can work. So we'll see what happens You know, going forward. Um, this, this has obviously been no news about it yet, but, yeah, we shall see. Yeah, absolutely, and you talked about the regular season. Well, Gary Bettman gave us a little bit of an update on when we could possibly see the next season's regular season uh, start up. Yeah, so this we can see this end of December, early January. So at first – you know, hearing that maybe it could be early in December. Uh, now we're hearing it might not even be to the year 2021. And they plan on playing a full 82-game schedule. How the hell is this going to be done? I don't know. Every season can't just start in January. It's, the NHL season starting in October has worked, and it, it needs to keep going that way. You can't just play through the summer. It's going to be it's gonna be hard on ratings that way. So hopefully, you know, they – I don't – I can't imagine they play an 82-game schedule. I'd be shocked. 
uh, I would say they maybe cut it by 15, 20 games, and then you'd have to play like four, maybe five games a week for a stretch. Uh, so expect more news about that as the offseason rolls along. You know, we still got like two weeks or so left for this season, kind of like with these playoffs, and then all the offseason stuff starts to begin. Yeah, absolutely. And whatever happens, it's going to be tough for players and teams and coaches, of course, because there's just going to be a ton of fatigue playing that many games back-to-back-to-back. Obviously not back-to-back, but good chance there's back-to-back games. And like you said, Chase, four to five games a week would be absolutely asinine. We should expect some injuries and some players sitting out a couple games. And I don't know. It's just it's tough because I don't think that leads to the best hockey and obviously that's the product that we want to see is the best hockey. So we'll have to see what happens. Like you said, Chase, we'll keep everyone updated on that. But uh, we move on now to the St. Louis Blues, the reigning Stanley Cup champs, as it looks like they're going to be without a captain next year. Yeah, so Alex Petrangelo, uh, news came out that him and St. Louis, they kind of broke off talks and they suggested that he uh, go to unrestricted free agency, which is kind of crazy. You know, he is... Obviously, their captain, he's a huge star player for them. He's someone who's going to command a lot of money, a lot of attention on the market. So it kind of shakes up things this, this offseason. And this shortened offseason, this weird offseason that it's already going to be, we got a big player uh, that could really go and alter a franchise. Kind of exciting. You know, he's going to command a lot of money. He's He might make double-digit or like double digit millions. He might make eight figures a year. I'm not sure. I would be shocked if he makes less than like nine, nine and a half. Uh, but, yeah, he's going to get paid wherever he goes. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited for this offseason because, of course, we got the draft in, uh, what, three two weeks? Two and a half weeks or so. Three and a half. Yes, yeah, three. something like that. So we got that coming. Very exciting. And then we have, obviously, free agency. Got some big names like Petra Angelo. And then also we heard that Braden Holpe is probably moving on. So um, there's going to be some fun times this offseason, that's for sure. Uh, absolutely. But – the offseason has already started for some teams, including the Minnesota Wild and the Buffalo Sabres, as they have made a trade officially announced yesterday as Eric Stahl is going over to Buffalo in return for Marcus Johansson. This was a weird one. I, I, I you know, maybe I get what you're trying to do. You're trying to go a little bit younger, but Stahl is the better player. I'd rather have Stahl on my team now, and it, you might get an extra couple years out of Johansson, but not much, honestly. It, I don't know, this is strange. So Stahl had a had a no-trade clause, uh, 10 team, I believe, and Buffalo wasn't on that list. Apparently, you know, he thought that only, this is what Mike, my thinking, something that I read about that is probably true. He probably only thought contenders would want his service, so he didn't bother putting a team like Buffalo on because they're not really contenders. But now he has to go to Buffalo. You can tell in the video that Buffalo posted of him, you know, saying, like, happy to be here. He is not happy to be there. He liked Minnesota. His family liked Minnesota. He is not happy. He has to move to Buffalo, the armpit of the U.S. And I, I don't really blame him. You know, it it, it, it sucks. It's like Minnesota, you know, they, they have great fans. Buffalo is great fans, so you don't get me wrong. Uh, Minnesota might be a little more of a family place where Buffalo is just kind of blah. So it, you feel for him, and it's, it's just it's just a really strange trade. I, I don't really understand it for Buffalo. Yeah, I agree with you there, too. Uh, I'd rather Eric Stahl than Marcus Johansson as well. Uh, my question for you is, outside of the city, outside of having a family and that, what situation would you rather be in? Would you rather go to Buffalo, be in that situation with a team that – 
you know, for a couple years, we thought could be a contender for the playoffs, but just haven't? Or would you rather be with the Minnesota Wild, where it seems like, man, they're they're really kind of dropping off. Parise is out of it. Sutter, he's still good. Or Suter, he's still good. But, you know, he's probably going to be dropping off pretty soon here, too. What, what situation would you rather perform in? Give me Minnesota, honestly, because Buffalo, like, sure, they've got this young, promising talent, but they've yet to do a damn thing with it, and it, they continue to show that they're not going to do a damn thing with it. The franchise is just, it's a horribly sad franchise. You know, I'm a Detroit Lions fan. I play the Detroit Lions of the, of the NHL. They're just, like, horribly disappointing to their fans. They just continually let down, and I just, I don't see that changing. An Eric Stahl trade isn't going to change that. Whoever they draft this year, Odds are it isn't making a day one impact, so it's not going to change much. So it seems to be pretty similar next season. Uh, up until, really, Ukopeka can take the reins as a starting goalie, that's when I think this team will finally turn around. And he's still probably got you know, a little bit until he's there as well. So I'd rather just be Minnesota. All right, Chase, let's now get on to hockey name of the day. Yeah, we shall. As I hope you have a good one. I got one. If you don't, if you don't have a good one, then... I mean, I got. I, You're in big trouble. I definitely got one. Nikita Kachubanik. Similar, so Nikita Kachubanik. It's they 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 like coach, not Koch. Uh, they you know they pronounce like the deeper O. So so Nikita Kachubanik. Just pretty much how you say that. Our friend Nikita is a 19 year old Russian. In case you couldn't tell, uh, registering at registering at six foot six, two thirty one. Playing in uh, lower level pro leagues and like, junior leagues of Finland, playing for a team Haukat in the Sumi Sarja, which I believe that is like the third tier league. Um, I might be wrong on that, honestly. But yeah, he's he's a 19 year old, born January 9, 2001. Uh, you know, big dude as I said, not not really much of a player. You know, maybe he can like make a career out of it playing high level pro in Europe. Uh, don't really expect him in North America unless he's playing in lower level minor leagues. But yeah, Nikita Kochubinik, uh decent name. You know, I I feel like I've had better, but I've also had worse names. Yeah, for sure. All right, Chase. Well, that's it for the episode. We can now give them a little bit of an outro. Uh, you can let them know what they have to do. Have to do. Not should do, but have to do. Uh, what you guys have to do is become a patron on Patreon. And you can start as low as a dollar and move up from there. Uh, if you guys can support us that way, we'd really appreciate it. Shows us that you're enjoying the content we're creating, and we want to just create more and more content for you. The more we can do, the better. Uh, while you're at it, you have to follow us on Twitter at Bolts Broadcast. That is at Bolts Broadcast, and follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at Hockey Podnet. That is at Hockey Podnet. And while you're at it, follow our other podcasts where we mostly talk football. Uh, we're not professionals on Twitter at WNP Sports Pod. That's at WNP Sports Pod. Uh, while you're at it, you also must, no choice, you have to buy some merch. Go to boltsbroadcast.whatforapparel.com, get some BB merch. Uh, there's going to be a couple new items coming out here in the next day or two that I think the fans are going to really enjoy. Uh, going you know, and for a good cause as well. Uh, while you're at it, you got to go to the hockeypodcastnetwork.com. You can find all the podcasts right there. And boom, you just click on a logo. Listen, easy peasy, lemon squeezy that way. Where we're listening, you got to rate us five stars. You can't rate us four, three, two, one. Sorry if you hate us. Nope, you got to do five stars. Uh, I'll leave a comment, send us questions, concerns, wherever you got to do. Uh, and you better not miss a single thing on this checklist. Absolutely. We've got a checklist ready for you guys. It'll be in the link 
or it'll it'll be in the description as a link. You got to check everything off, or else uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna find your IP address and and come for you. Simple as that. Uh, but thanks so much for coming out and listening, guys. We really appreciate every one of you, uh, guys and gals. Sorry, I don't know why I say guys. It's just kind of like a, a general thing. But uh, yeah. Anyways, thanks so much for coming out, listening, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Guys and gals next time. 